Welcome to the Constructing a Business podcast, a podcast presented to you by the CMC Network. At CMC, we help women and minority-owned construction firms overcome the challenges they face every day in business. We offer networking opportunities, incremental business development, and construction-focused business coaching. I'm your host. I'm Michael Obather. I'm with Supporting Strategies NYC. We are an outsourced virtual bookkeeper and controller team right here in the city. We help construction leaders build profit. Today on the pod, we have an exciting guest. His name is Isaac Schwadel. He's been working in insurance for five years with the All Sure Insurance Brokerage, Inc., and we're very excited to have him. Isaac, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? <laughs> I'm doing well. I know that's a long intro, but it's what I got to do. That's what Viv wants me to do. <laughs> so today, Isaac, we are exploring uh, what we call your origin story, which is a little bit about your, uh, your childhood, your adolescence, all the way up now. Um, <laughs> more of like a, a review of your professional life, like how you discovered insurance, you know, why it's something that interests you, what you love about it, how you help your clients. And uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you know, I am curious. I, I, as we, as we spoke before, we hit the record button here, right? You've done some recruiting. Um, and it seems like you went right from, we can talk about that right into insurance, and I'd love to hear the story of that transition. Sure. So again, actually, I did recruiting, and then I was um, involved in a small organization, um, a small-ish uh, Rutgers Jewish Experience, which is um, an, an organization on campus in uh, Rutgers at the, the New Brunswick location. Um, I was there, my capacity was more in a fundraising event planning, um, capacity, and um, I enjoy connecting, interacting with people. So that you know, the the events and the fundraising definitely supplied a lot of that. Um, over time, I sort of, like I said, it's not a national organization; it's a, a branch of a national organization, but it's a small organization. Sort of hit the ceiling in terms of growth, um, and although the you know the people aspect was very attractive and, you know, exciting. It was a little bit lacking in terms of the um, the intellectual stimulation. You know, it's just meeting with people, smiling, you know, getting people to um, get involved in the organization, whether it's financially or otherwise, but there was very little, you know, strategy or you know, just basically use, you know, using the gears up top to, uh, to figure things out. Um, this opportunity of of getting involved with insurance um, presented itself. It seemed like it had the perfect balance of both. It's, you know, it has the sales aspect. So you have the meeting people and connecting with people. And then you do have the strategy and, you know, using, using your noodle part of it as well. So it's sort of the perfect combination. Um, I it, and thankfully it's been, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. I started off, I, I learned the business um, from the inside out, if you will. I started off before, you know, prior to selling, um, I was on the service end, so I learned the markets, I learned coverage, um, you know, learned the, you know what the day-to-day -day insurance needs are of contractors, or you know, all shapes and sizes. Um, and then I knew after about 
a little bit over a year, a year and a half, I moved on to the selling side, you know, taking all that knowledge and then, um, you know, coupling that with my people skills, quote, unquote, uh, and, uh, you know, been doing uh, brokering uh, since then. Um, so that's sort of the transition. And it's, it, it's amazing, especially in, on the construction side, uh, to see, it, especially in New York, especially in New York City, um, insurance is a large part. I mean, it doesn't actually, like I tell people, it doesn't actually, um, you know, put up the buildings. It's not the brick and mortar, but there's no way that any project or contract or anything gets started without proper insurance. So it's a really um, a key player, if you will, um, in the New York construction, uh, in the New York construction uh, scene. Got it. So that's kind of interesting, though. You went from like a pure charisma role, right? You just seducing people into this program and <laughs> but then you wanted to do something obviously with a little bit more uh, a little more technical and you went right into that right you were right into operations kind of managing you know whatever yes. whatever capacity you were in in that early stage of your learning which is incredible right it's um i mean a lot of times when i'm meeting people out in a business networking environment People are in sales and they go from one sale to another and they end up in insurance, um, but they just go right into the sales of it. And they don't necessarily have like that background of reviewing or, or just looking at the details, even if it's setting up new policies, right? Seeing the elements of that policy and what lends, what, what details lend themselves to the construction of a proper insurance program. So that's cool that you got that opportunity. Um, when you got back if I, out, if I can or, jump yeah, I'll bet you did. Do you, do you still get involved in that aspect of it? I, I assume you must, as a insurance salesperson, you must have to review a person's business. You know, if it's a construction business, there are factors that would make um, one insurance policy more effective than another, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I do that. Um, do I work with a number of GCs as well, and they're constant um, reviewing the policies of their subs, making sure that they're you know up to snuff. Um, and then, like you said, you know, meeting a new client and sort you know talking to them. Um, what I've, uh, I guess, attribute my success or whatever you want to call that I, that I do to is the ability to be more than like you said, more than just a salesman. Um, Again, especially in the construction industry, everybody, every contractor has heard, um, you know, I can get you the best deal. We have the best service. It's this sort of, um, you know, everyone has the same sales pitch. What The way I try to separate myself is actually, um, you know, drop knowledge, to use, that, to use that term. You know, review an actual policy, point things out, say, hey, did you know this, this, and this were here, um, or this, this, and this wasn't here. And uh, just recently, actually, uh, a contractor that did um, ask me to review their coverage. They thought they had some coverage. We want, you know, we did a review of the policy, and I noticed that that coverage wasn't there. It was, you know, like it wasn't. It was a little bit sneaky the way it wasn't there, but it, at the end of the day, it wasn't there. So, um, bringing value is, um, is something that I learned by doing the technical side and. There, there is also a people aspect there because although I'm not client facing, but I am dealing with the underwriters. The, the insurance industry is unique in the sense that um, the broker or whoever it is, whoever it is that's handling the account is sort of a bridge between two people. 
Um, there's the, the client, you know, the client facing person, and then there's the backend person, but the backend person is not just, um, data entry and, you know, stuffing things, you know, numbers, crunching numbers, sticking to a computer. Um, 99% of the time you're dealing with, a, you know, an underwriter on the other end, which, you know, also requires, um, finesse and people's skills and, and, you know, that, well, that whole repertoire of skills. So it's sort of a, it's a unique industry in that sense. Um, you know, mortgage, you know, other industries are similar, but insurance is very much like that. It's not, you know, selling coffee where you have the product, you convince somebody, you know, that they, your coffee is the best. You go to the shop, you go to the warehouse, pick it up and deliver it. Um, there's, there's the first angle as, you know, sort of selling yourself or, or proving your value to the customer. And then there's taking that account and then, um, you know, describing the account, selling the narrative to the uh, underwriter, which sometimes can be a challenge in, in and of itself. So there's there's people skills on both ends of you know of this equation, um, and it's it, it, it's fascinating. And again, I, dry, I got a little bit off topic, but um, yeah, reviewing policies and understanding policies that is definitely um, you know, my my mo consultative selling you know is i think the uh the term and uh, yeah it's something that i learned that that i actually spent a lot of time you know when i was on the on the on the service side on the operational side um taking the time to understand um policies coverage markets there's, there's a couple of different aspects but being able to bring that all together and then um discussing that with the client up front uh, like i said has has uh, helped me out a lot that is interesting. I mean, it's, I know I'm in sales as well <clears throat> and it can be very difficult sometimes to share with a prospect, right? Someone that comes out and says, Hey, I want to review my insurance or I want to review my bookkeeping situation. And sometimes you have to tell people that they are completely uh, not covered in the way that they think or, and that in itself is a very, you, it's a specific challenge that people who aren't in the sales role may not experience that often, right? If you're an underwriter, I think you're pretty protected from, you know, the general public, but you are, you know, you may be making or breaking a policy, but being the, the client facing person and also the technical person, um, uh, you know, hopefully you're getting the opportunity to help people recognize where they may not have coverage that they expect or the correct coverage for their situation. Was that a natural thing for you to be accomplished at? Were, are you, or was that something you needed to learn as you began to grow your sales skills in the insurance industry? Um, I'd say both. Um, how's that for a, a cop out answer? Um, <laughs> But I, I, I'm naturally curious. I, I, you know, I do enjoy um, learning new things, understanding things. But uh, to that end, it, it is work um, to actually gain the knowledge and gain the understanding and review policies. I mean, po insurance policies can be hundreds of pages long. I'm not going to tell you I review every single page. Most, not every page needs review. Um, but being able to single out the pages that do need review, but, you know, the form we refer to them as forms or endorsements. Um, that need to be reviewed, you know, being able to pick those, the sort of the needle out of the haystack is definitely something that takes time. Um, and it's, but again, what I found is that it was worth the investment of time and effort to be able to, um, deliver to my clients again, to prove the value. It's, it's something that's, um, 
I guess if you use the word very, use the word impressive, that you can go meet with a client, ask them to look at a copy of their policy and say, hey, um, look at this, you know, either this, this and this coverage is missing or, or why would this carrier, if this is what you do, you know, there's this in this ABC carrier who might be more competitive or, you know, on the occasion um, or, you know, often, you know, that uh, people are placed correctly. They have the proper coverage. Um, they're well, you know, it's, it's with the carrier that's well priced. And you have to learn, you know, knowing the industry has helped me with that as well. In other words, help me in terms of prospecting, in terms of investing time and effort, um, in which direction to go. You know, you meet somebody, you have a great meeting, and then you see their policy and they're well-placed with a very competitive rate. Um, they might want to, you know, we might want to stay friends, but um, the, 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 law, the reality is, is that there's not much that I can do for them. Um, there is... Sometimes you can do a little bit, but uh, but un uh, having a real uh, real understanding of the market has helped me. That is also you know understand the yeses and understand the noes as well, which in sales I'm sure you, you, you is something that you know in terms of uh, allocating time and you know there is only a limited amount of time during the day. Um, allocating time and effort has has helped, and it, and it's and it's a learning process. You know, I'm definitely I'm far from perfect at it, but. Uh, definitely a learning process. But again, something you pick up from understanding what's going on as opposed to just, you know, say, hey, let's go golfing, you know, over the weekend and let's become friends and then, you know, give your insurance policy. Right. So it you can apply but, these yeah. skills to, I mean, in insurance, everything, you can insure everything, right? In in the sense, what, what it, was it about construction um, that attracted you as a as a focus or you know just of all the things you could ensure <laughs> why why construction uh how did that how did you find your way into construction um the the short answer is um that that's really that's a large focus of the firm but the reason why i decided to join the firm um you know we all have that uh, little kid inside of us you know that you know when the tractor pulls up down the block you know it's, it's fascinating to see a house getting torn down something else being built up um new york city is i mean i grew up in, in brooklyn i've been in the city in new york city all the five boroughs now um are this you know tremendous amount of construction um it's it just it's something that feels good to be part of uh, you know the, the the changing landscape there's there's so much there's so many um there's so much going on and you feel and you really feel like you're a part of it you can drive by i'll just give you an example there was that um you know there was that super bowl commercial um i think it was for chevy that they did the introduction they re redid the introduction of the sopranos you you, you know what i'm talking about you familiar with that? Um, yeah. with that I act? think I think I do remember that camera, but it, you go ahead and explain it because I don't I fully remember okay. it. So it, 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 it was it was just an ad of of I mean the, the introduction is somebody driving from New York to New Jersey, um, and they show and, and they show the uh, the New York City skyline, uh, the, the, the skyline, and um, obviously the skyline looks a lot different now uh, than it did you know when they when they were filming The Sopranos in the early two thousands. Um, I saw a, a comparison on YouTube um, of the two, you know the the actual. Um, the actual introduction, you know, in the early 2000s, um, and then, you know, 2021. And you see how different um, the New York skyline has changed, you know, over the past 10, 15, 20 years. It's amazing. And to actually have been part of it, you know, our firm um, is, we are involved in a lot of um, construction, some 
real, real iconic buildings that you can actually point out on the skyline. So having it, even though it's a small part of that, um, you know, is, is a very good feeling. And it's, you know, it's hard work. It's, you know, uh, but I don't know. It's very fulfilling, I, I'll say. No, that's great to hear. I mean, it's these these policies that you're evaluating, that you're helping people choose, are mitigating the risks that they face that could potentially end their business, right? So it is it is serious. It's yes. a big decision, but it's also it's Absolutely. great to hear that yeah. you know you're sort of contributing to a great city, right? In a way that's very lasting. That's a cool. That's a cool aspect right. of your work for sure. Um, uh, that's one aspect. The flip, the, or the flip, the other side, and and this is what um, prompted my involvement with you know the CMC network on the contractor side, um, especially the CMC network is also being able to see you know talk about the buildings going up is that you see uh, people's businesses going up. As, like I said you know earlier, um, insurance is sort of that um, you know the the kingmaker, if you will, uh, or at least part of it. it. It's impossible for somebody to go from small time to big time without having proper insurance. And mm -hmm. through being involved in this network, I see that, um, you know, all the more so. Um, you have these very capable people um, and they're, you know, their businesses are growing and they're ready to make that jump. Uh, but there's no way to make that jump without the proper insurance. It can be intimidating. Um, it can be costly, even though a lot of times people think the cost is higher than it actually is, but it's definitely an investment in the future. And that's, you know, some, another sense of fulfillment that you get. You're actually, um, even though it's obviously a business transaction, but you actually are helping somebody get from point A to point B with their company, you know, growing the company, growing the people, the people within their company, creating jobs, helping the people who are there, get higher paying jobs, helping the owners, you know, it, it's the, the opportunity to help somebody grow is something that's, um, very fulfilling and and to, and to be quite honest, not something that I knew prior to jumping in existed. But as I'm getting more, as I have been more involved, I see it more and more that you really give people an opportunity uh, to get ahead, which is something that's that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, that's very cool. So it brings up a question for me: as you're meeting with people and you're evaluating their current whatever current insurance they have, right? I assume most of the people that come to you, they have some insurance in place, most likely. Do you find that okay. the policies you review that are inappropriate or that have improvements that need to be made, is that a result of a prior insurance professional's lack of knowledge or is it more often about a business growing and really requiring different levels of insurance? Um, again, I'll opt for the a uh, little bit of both answer. Um, it really depends on the situation. Oftentimes, it's not from it, it's from a lack of knowledge, but I don't mean that as a knock to other insurance brokers. Um, New York City or New York and New York City construction is a very niche industry. Um, more often, more more often than not, you'll have somebody who goes to their you know they insure their house, they insure their car, you know their their buddy or whatever it is, or it's you know somebody hangs up a shingle you know on on down the street corner and says, hey, we'll sell you insurance. Um, they're more of a generalist. I mean, the way I like to explain this to people is um, in medical terms, right? You have your your general practitioner, you have a cold, you have whatever it is. Um, they can sort of do anything. You know, once you get um, God forbid somebody has some specific ailment or some specific illness, you want to go to a specialist, somebody whose primary focus, whose, you know, day in, day out, bread and butter is 
only that. Um, and with and insurance is very very similar. There are industries that you know I can say um, that I don't know much about. Healthcare, for example, is something that I'm not involved in um, at all. And if somebody came you know to me and said, "Can you help me?" I would say I would love to, but I just can't. It's not something that I know. Um, so more just to answer to answer your question more directly is that. Um, more often than not, some people are coming, they're a small business, they went to whoever it was um, for insurance, the person did them well at that point, but to take them to the next level, um, the, the person they've been dealing with until now does not necessarily know the coverage, not necessarily know the markets. When I say markets, I mean the carriers. Um, oftentimes, what, I'm told, what I hear from people is, oh, my other broker told me that to get that coverage is going to triple my premium. And... Oftentimes, it, it's just not the case, right? It's that the other broker has limited knowledge of the construction market, of the construction players, and therefore of the players that they know of, yeah, to get that coverage is going to be triple. But if you're completely focused on the market and you're, you know, have a finger on the pulse and know what's who's in, who's out, um, then you're able to, you know, A, deliver them the coverage they need and B, at a, at a you know, at sensible price. So, um <laughs> That's the answer. The long and short is that it could be from lack of experience, but it's not because that broker doesn't know anything. It's because they're more of a generalist as opposed to um, niche. Um, and then there is some people. Then there are you know brokers who will tell this to people. In other words, you, you know the other party is saying is it just like sort of growing pains. There are brokers um, you know who are straight shooters and they'll tell somebody like, hey. You know, this is out of my wheelhouse. Um, try to find somebody else who who knows you're growing. You you've sort of outgrew what you know broker A can do. Now you have to find somebody who specializes in construction. Um, so that's so it's really a combination of both. You know, both those things. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense, and it's you know, it's something I look for in my own day to day activities when I'm meeting people. I love people with a niche. You know, they can, I, I have no problem that they serve a hundred different industries, but I love it when somebody has a niche because it tells me that I can make a referral to them and they're going to be able to know the ins and outs of that industry as it relates to their profession. And it's a big, you know, it's a relief, right? And then hopefully your clients, obviously they value it. Otherwise they, they would not be your clients. So congratulations. Um, do you have any, you know, I, I guess it's a kind of tough question to ask cause it's, you know, I don't want to, uh, glamorized disaster, but do you have any stories where your insurance maybe helped somebody through a difficult situation or a story where you met someone on the back end of the wrong policy and they had had a loss that they were poorly covered for and then maybe your policy was a, a better, uh, constructed better for them. But can you share a story like that? Um, a number of stories. Um the the easier ones are the ones when people are with you know car carriers prior um, that didn't provide the proper coverage. Just to give you um, a, a little bit of background, the reason why I mean construction is a niche industry everywhere in the country. In New York specifically, um, it's even more niche, and the reason is because New York has um, what's referred to as scaffold law, New York labor law, um, which are a set of laws. It's to, if, you, if you want all the numbers, it's 200, 240, 240 200, 240, 241, and 242, um, without getting into details of each one of them. But what they, what those laws do is give an 
I mean, we, we, you know, we're, we're all, we all know that, you know, the famous picture of those, uh, the guys building Rockefeller Center and, you know, they're eating lunch sort of on that beam. Um, you know, no, no harness, no nothing. Um, in the early, when New York was, was being built, you know, a lot of those iconic buildings, um, that were built in the early, you know, the early part of the, of the, of the 1900s, um, there were a lot of work and workers were being exploited. It was unsafe environments. A guy fell, you know, it was either during the depression or as the depression was coming, coming out, people were desperate for work. Um, you know, sort of the, the developers and builders were, um, ruthless. And, you know, somebody fell, got hurt. Okay. You know, bring the next guy up. They didn't really care. Um, that's why, you know, nationally there's a um, workers comp, a workers compensation laws in every state that every, you know, every, um, employer has to have some sort of policy in place to protect any of their employees that get hurt. Um, New York takes that to another level. Um, in every other state, if an employee gets hurt, um, on the job site, just, you know, they fall off a ladder, um, you know, they have their employee, uh, an employer, I'm sorry, has a workers' compensation policy that will cover medical bills, loss of work, you know, take care of them for as long as they need to. Um, in New York, uh, what the, the employee can do is, besides for collecting workers' comp, they can um, file a lawsuit against the, um, if, if they're a subcontractor against the GC um, and against the owner, um, Based on these laws that the general contractor and the owner should have had, should have kept it a quote unquote safe environment. Those lawsuits are extremely, extremely costly. Um, having, and then therefore, uh, you know, the, the insurance in New York, um, matches, the, you know, is, go, is going to cover those lawsuits and the, and the insurance premiums, um, are extremely much, much higher to, to provide that coverage. Um, not every carrier provides that coverage. And that's really sort of the divide, you know, when I was you know, saying before, um, you know, going from small time to big time, that's usually uh, the differentiating factor that separates the men from the boys, if you will, um, if you have coverage for New York labor law. Um, not having that coverage, you know, results time and time again in people getting hurt, and either it can affect people in, in a couple of different ways. Either they're, you know, they're, either they don't have coverage and they're forced to go out of business or, um, or they're, you know, they're, they're they work for a GC and the GC does. And, and then the, the case, the claim, I'm sorry, gets moved to the GC's policy and the GC has terrible claims, um, uh, it has to pay out. And then, you know, their, either their premiums go up. So it affects many different people in many different ways. Um, I've had a number of stories, you know, with people who don't have that coverage, didn't have that coverage. And, you know, and because of that, because of the, just without going into, into gory details, they just couldn't get jobs. Um, you know, they've applied, they applied, they bid out jobs and, and the job provider tells them, Hey, this labor law coverage, sorry, you don't have it. They go back to their broker. Um, and again, the same rhetoric, Oh, that will cost you, you know, five, six times. And they just say, okay, if that's the cost, it just doesn't justify what this bid is. Um, until somehow, you know, they, they make their way to either myself or, you know, a broker who understands, um, insurance helps them out, gets them the policy, and then they're able to bid on these jobs. Um, and grow their business tremendously. So that that's something we see very, very often. Um, it's sort of, again, getting someone from point A to point B um, with having this labor law coverage. There's other, there are other things, um, exclusions and other endorsements that there are you know, to look out for, but this is the major factor in New York um, is any 
um, is labor law coverage. And again, that's usually what separates the men from the boys, and that's usually what determines if somebody can become, you know, a big boy, if you will, right? If you have that coverage, you're set to be in the big leagues. Um, if you're not, then you're not. I, I like to give people, the, you know, the, the sports analogy. You know, if you show up to the major leagues with, you know, with with uh, T-ball, um, you know, equipment, you're obviously not going to get that far. So you got to come fully fully equipped, uh, and that's the way, and that's the way you grow. Yeah, that is no, it's a long answer, but it's an important <laughs> message, right? It's like making that investment in the proper insurance, the proper policies for your business gives you access to those larger, probably more professionally run projects, right? And, and more lucrative. I mean, <laughs> you know, in my intro, what I say, incremental business development, you know, I had to ask Viv, like, what do you mean by incremental business development? And she said, well, you know, in the construction world, you can you can bid on humongous jobs or you can continuously do small jobs. But the trick is, is to incrementally increase the size of the projects you're taking on so you can slowly grow your team, slowly grow your processes, slowly invest in better insurance and back office, um, you know, just getting all your I's dotted and T's crossed so that when you do step up to those big projects, those really professional projects that have bigger revenues attached to them, you have the systems and the processes, your bidding processes on point, you have the right coverages, and you're not putting yourself, your business, your family, or your employees at risk by maybe overstepping um, based on what you're really ready for. And so I see this, I, I mean, actually this conversation is very interesting to me because it's the first time that anybody's really put it that way, that it is part of, at least here in New York and probably in other municipalities, it is a big part of the business's growth because these insurance policies, they, you may have some strategies to make that insurance more approachable, but it's, it's still an investment, right? It is still an investment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And it's costly. I'm not going to deny the fact that it costs, but again, the way most, most of the time what happens is, is you'll tell somebody, you know, you'll give them this whole, um, you know, spiel and they'll say, okay, fine. And then, um, either they'll they'll buy it and you know they know that it's true and and they'll do it or if they don't buy it um you know you just wait a couple of months and they try like I said they try bidding on these projects and the projects and then they get denied and they're like hey you know I got I got really got to figure this out so um there, it, there, there's no way around it usually you know if you're dealing with any sophisticated job provider um, and even you know when you say larger projects, it's it's not necessarily a larger project. You know, if you're doing, um, you know, if somebody's an HVAC, just to give an example, someone does HVAC servicing, you know, and they, so if they want to go to residential homes, you know, usually you know, no one's going to ask you, no resident, no person's going to ask you about about insurance. Um, you know, they need, if they, you need your air conditioning or heat fixed. But if you want to grow that service business and you want to start going into buildings in the city or, you know, commercial tenants or retail, any any growth in, in any direction, you know, vertically, you know, whatever, whatever the terms are, vertically or horizontally, however you want to grow your business, um, anytime you're getting into going from just, small services um, at an individual, anytime you're, I guess anytime you're switching from um, B, uh, switching to B to B, that you're going, to, that you're taking your construction business and you're servicing other businesses, um, you're going to need to have proper coverage. 
if you're if you're servicing individuals, you know, B to C, B to just B to consumer, then there's much less of a need, and it is what it is. If you can get away with it, you can get away with it. The profit margins are much smaller there, but. Once, once you're trying to take that step and go B to C, however that, however that plays out, if it's new construction projects, if it's servicing of you know of existing of existing um, situations, right, major renovations, um, you're always going to need uh, the proper coverage. I suppose that's not the the case. If they show up at your house and try to put out an addition, you're going to be looking to uh, review all their policies, make sure they're fully insured. <laughs> Yes. Thankfully, I live in New Jersey, so there's no there's no labor law, but these laws don't exist. But in New York, it it, it it's and, and it's actually scary. Uh, but you know, I don't know anyone who, who is a homeowner in New York. Um, people are just are not aware. But if you know, God forbid, you call an electrician and he's doing something as simple as changing a light fixture and he slips and falls off his ladder um, and gets very badly hurt, they can they can sue you. Um, and you know, if the contract, if you don't have the proper contract in place and you don't have, you know, all the proper steps in place, it can, it, it, the outcome could be, uh, you know, less than desirable. We'll, we'll keep it at that, but it's just the, the, the facts on the ground are that people don't ask. So, um, you know, that's how businesses operate. That's fantastic. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share? I just, you know, this was a really good conversation. I definitely learned a lot from it. Um, but I've run out of uh, questions based on my own knowledge about insurance and what you're bringing to the table. So is there anything you want to share outside of this that, that we haven't covered? Um, only, I guess, if it's somebody who's seriously considering, um, you know, make, taking that step and getting better insurance is um, to be as, have op- as transparent and communicative with your broker as possible. Um, like, I, like I told you before, there's two parts of this process. There's getting the client, you know, that's the first part, um, which is difficult. And then there's an equally difficult part is once you get the client, you actually have to sell the client to the underwriter. Um, the more information that we have as the, you know, as the, as the brokers, it's easier for us to, you know, to, the spin the narrative, create the narrative, whatever, however, whatever words you want to use to the underwriter. If the underwriter feels like it's just a very beer bones and not getting, they're not getting the full picture of what's going on, they're not going to be comfortable. Um, they might decline the quote. They might quote with you know unfavorable terms. So the if you're getting you know once you're taking that step and saying hey you know I, I want to grow my business um, or I have insurance and I don't think I'm getting the best deal. Anytime you're dealing with an insurance broker, be as upfront, um, you know, give them the full picture so, they, so that they can go back to the underwriter um, and give the underwriter the full picture. And, um, you know, that, that is the best way to get the most favorable outcome. Um, and, you know, some people say, hey, you know, if they tell you everything, you know, all the work I do, the underwriter is not going to like it. Um, but guess what? If, if you're hiding something and then you do it, then there's a chance that you won't have, co- I mean, you won't have coverage or, you'll, you know, the They'll non, they'll, the insurance carrier will say, okay, we're not renewing this policy. So, so you know, insurance is in, uh, the, uh, the, what's a, an underwriter once told me, he only likes surprises with three C's, cake, candles, and a card. You know, besides that, um, he doesn't like, they don't like surprises. So um, giving them as much information as possible um, is definitely a, a, a integral part of getting, you know, of having the core process go smoothly and getting you the coverage that you need. Got it. Well, that's great. So if 
people are watching and they want to reach out to you, maybe they have uh, concerns about their own coverage, what's the best way for them to reach you, Isaac? Um, they can reach me on LinkedIn, Isaac Schwadel. My name is I-S-A-A-C. I'm sure it will be spelled there, but I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-W-A-D-E-L. Um, look for me there, connect. Um, you can, there's a lot. I, I post pretty regularly on LinkedIn. Um, well, there's a lot of content related to insurance and construction. If that helps people, that's great. Um, if they want to reach me, they can reach me there. They can um, send me an email. My email address is uh, the letter I. And then my last name, S-C-H-W-A-D-E-L, at E-O-L-S-U-R-E. So it's the letter E-A-L-L-S-U-R-E.com. Um, or they can reach out to you, Michael, and you'll tell them how to find me. <laughs> no, they absolutely can. And if you are in the construction industry and you're looking for advice or help, you know, the CMC network is made up of some, some very knowledgeable professionals in the insurance industry, in law, in accounting, in business advisory and coaching that can definitely help you move in the right direction. Uh, and to see content like this, visit our website. It's www.cmcnetwork.co. Just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get an alert every time we have a podcast like this or new articles are added to our blog. It's all dedicated to the growing construction company. So people just like you find value with it every day. This is Michael Obether with Supporting Strategies. Really appreciate you watching. We'll see you in the next pod.